Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, y'all. We're back with our weekly show, Taking Care of Business. My guest today is a very interesting lady I had a pleasure meeting about just over 10 years ago. We we used to uh, work out with the same personal trainer, and it was Barb Rooney, our trainer at the time, uh, that introduced my guest, Leslie Mary Elizabeth Conway, to me. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, David. Great to be here. Uh, Thank you for being my guest this morning. And is it okay that I'll shorten it to just Leslie without the Mary Elizabeth? That would be fantastic. Uh, But let me guess, your parents are really kind of supportive of the royal family with the same. (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, I'm named after my two grandmothers, Mary Mary and uh, Elizabeth. I see. That's Mm. interesting. Um, as, As you're aware, I interview entrepreneurs on my show. Uh, When you ask anyone what is an entrepreneur, over 95% of people will say it's a business owner. As someone that English is not my first language, I went uh, on the internet and checked dictionaries to look for the definition of entrepreneur. And here's what I found, and I'm quoting, a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. Leslie, do you think you fall under this category? You don't have to answer. I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Leslie, uh, I don't know uh, much about your personal history since everything we found about your about your kind of uh, bio started with being a president of Hopewell Residential and uh, going through university. Uh, We will find out soon about your history and where you come from and your background and family and, and before we go into business. But I have a question to ask you before we start. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I think it was uh, May or June 2015, uh, you've retired from your position as president of Hopewell Residential mm-hmm. Communities. Um, are you enjoying retirement? I am very much enjoying retirement. Looking, uh, looking for a job, maybe? <laughs> I actually have a lot of jobs right now. They may not be uh, paying all that well, but I do have uh, lots of jobs that I'm doing, particularly in, on the, the volunteer in the volunteer world. We'll get to that later. Okay. Um, so here's some of uh, Leslie's milestones that I want to share with you, the listeners. Uh, undergrad degree in urban planning from University of Waterloo in Ontario. MBA from University of Calgary. Um, 2005-2006 uh, YWCA Women of Vision Award. Uh, four times you were selected by the Women's Executive Network to Canada's top 100 most powerful women. That's impressive. Uh, Thank you. Uh, inducted into the Women's Executive Network Hall of Fame. Order of the University of Calgary, the Haskin School Management Alumna Excellence Award. And recently, um, you were, recently, three months ago, uh, you were appointed as a member of the Calgary Stampede Board. Now, as I said, it was very hard for me to find some of the uh, previous boards that you served on. And I know, since I know you for over a decade, I know you served on more boards. Can you share with us other boards that I couldn't find? Sure. Um, 
uh, yeah, just in terms of uh, those acknowledgments and accolades, I, I must say, you know, in life, uh, you never do anything on your own. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be in great circumstances and situations and working with a lot of very great people that have allowed me to, uh, to earn some of those uh, acknowledgments. So, um, uh, in terms of other boards that I uh, have uh, been on, um, I, I'm currently on the Hopewell board, which is a company that I've been with for 20 years, as you've mentioned. Uh, the other board that I uh, invested a decade in, which is a fantastic organization, it's called Winsport, and uh, I uh, was chair for that organization for a couple of years. And uh, it is a group of individuals, uh, primarily Calgarians, that um, oversee the legacy assets from the 1988 Olympics. And so it uh, serves a very uh, influential, important role in our elite um, athlete um, program in this country. Um, we'll get back to uh, the comment you made about working in good environments and good teams because I think it goes through the questions and through what I found about you is the teamwork. So we'll get back to it. It's probably the Canadian Steve Nash kind of thing <laughs> that uh, I want to uh, uh, to uh, thank my teammates. Yes, yeah, well... Um, <laughs> So before we go into uh, the questions, uh, Leslie enjoys being a mother, right, to Cole and Sydney. That both of them are students yeah. in a busy, taking business. What a shocker. <laughs> and sharing time with her partner, Scott, and his two sons, uh, Parker and Avery. Parker is in university and Avery is going to university. That's right. Yeah. Perfect. So I know you're not Calgarian. I mean, you are now like me, but... You come from a different world. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah, um, definitely Calgary is home now. Here, I've been here for uh, about uh, 28 years. Uh, but uh, I was you came at age three. Uh, yes, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was born in Toronto uh, and uh, raised in uh, actually Canada's first planned community, which is uh, uh, which is interesting given my history in, in urban planning. Um, but a uh, community called uh, Don Mills and. And I uh, was born into a family. I was the, uh, the youngest of four children and uh, really enjoyed my time living and uh, uh, getting my initial education in Toronto. So since you were born in Toronto, um, are you a Leafs fan or a Flames fan? <laughs> That's well, very I've important been, for the It continue. is very important. <laughs> and uh, uh, I must say that I am absolutely a Flames fan. Yes, I've been here longer than I lived in Toronto. So I see. Yes. Um, anyone in the family was involved in being an entrepreneur or like parents, siblings? Yes, great question. Yeah, my dad was an entrepreneur. In fact, my father was uh, an amazing man. He uh, had a grade seven education, really did not have a, a great life, had to drop out of school very young and start working, uh, lied about his age to get into the uh, the army. And... Um, uh, but a, a very bright man, uh, well-read man, and uh, ultimately, uh, after a bankruptcy and, and having uh, driven taxi for a while, he ended up uh, starting his own laminating business, which uh, he had for about uh, 20 years. I see. Growing up, what kind of a kid were you? Were you active? Were you a geek? Were you... 
a book. I, I was warm. very quiet. And, <laughs> no, uh, I was a very high-spirited, uh, independent, uh, fun-loving, uh, determined uh, young girl. You were, you, you were, or you still are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Something about those traits that you develop young, you carry through uh, adulthood. I see. Yeah. And um, any uh, sports involved in being a kind of an athlete, uh, high school, competitive nature, anything of that kind? All, all of the above, absolutely. <laughs> what um, was your I, preferred sport? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that I, I had a preferred sport. I, I really just love doing any kind of sport, starting from very young at playing hide-and-seek and Red Rover through to <laughs> like um uh, um, scoop ball in, in elementary school and track and field and volleyball, basketball, skiing, uh, anything I could do to be active uh, and in motion is what I really enjoy doing. And I, and I still embrace that today. <laughs> and it was outside, not on a computer. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was actual <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing yeah. the, uh, the that, sports activity. That, that did not exist uh, I when I was growing up. Was yes. there one sport that you kind of excelled? Um, Were you playing on any of uh, you know, school, school a, yeah, team yeah, or community teams? Absolutely. I was. Um, uh, I played, uh, as I say, volleyball and basketball. And I, I think in both of those sports, I was very good uh, um, at a young age and uh, played them all through junior high and high school. And I, I think that's where I started to develop my leadership skills because I became captain young uh, on those teams. What and, a shocker. <laughs> And uh, and so, yeah, I think uh, those those would be the, the sports that I really enjoyed. Having said that, I also really enjoy skiing. It's it's a very independent but social yeah. sport. So social uh, key being a social before yes. and after. Yes, that's before right. Before and after right. the run, especially yeah. after the uh, pre drinking. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, and the clothing's good too. <laughs> I yes, see. Yes. Um, so during the. Uh, high school years or even middle school and you were active in sports and you were a student, any extra curriculum like volunteering or work or anything of that kind? Uh, really not not much in terms of uh, of anything outside of um, no, no. No, perfect. Yeah. Uh, just focus on studying and, and sports. And being and social. friends and, and being, being social, very, very big piece of my world, yes. And when do you I was still younger. have friends from those days? I do, actually. Yeah, it's it's something that I hold very dear. I've got one of my best friends is from grade six, and I still have a, uh, a tribe of uh, about five girlfriends from high school. We meet up every year, and it's just... Uh, uh, a big piece of my world are, are my friends, both male and female. So when I, uh, if I kind of pick up the phone now and call them and I say, what do you think about Leslie? I'm doing a, a radio talk show about Leslie. What do you think about her? What, what do you think they will say about you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'd now, like, I'd like to you think have they. have a mirror. Yeah, and that's also right. have someone else's kind of uh, <laughs> personality. Think, what yeah, do they right. say about me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think that uh, they'd say that I'm a very good friend, uh, which means being there for them and, and listening through uh, good times and bad as, as they've been there for me. Um, they would say that uh, I like to have fun and um, and that I'm very driven. I, I think that they, you know, friends have said to me, you know, people uh, often say they want to do things and they never execute. And um, for whatever reason, I was uh, given that gift that... Uh, um, when I set my mind to something, I I follow through. I see. Drive is a big part of your personality. It is. I see. Okay. Um, 
So uh, you finish high school and then you go to Waterloo? Right, yeah. I went so to how, did you pick, how did you pick uh, urban planning? How, like at age 18 or 17, you already knew you wanted to do real estate? I did not already know I wanted to do real estate. I had a friend uh, who was a year ahead of me in, in high school, and he had gone into the urban planning program. And, you know, it was as simple as I really enjoyed geography in that we had grade 13 in, in Ontario. Right. Yes. And I got the geography award, and there was something about the built environment that I was fascinated about. And what I really... Um, uh, enjoyed and, and uh, admired about the urban planning program was that it was a very specific degree and there were 60 uh, people that got into the program so it was fairly restrictive and uh, yeah that that is that was really the decision making mm-hmm. uh, that I went through to uh, to go into planning so uh, you graduate with a degree in urban planning mm-hmm. and then what well, then I worked in Toronto for about three years, and I worked in the private sector. Enjoyed uh, working in in that role as a, uh, a project coordinator for an industrial commercial construction company in the Golden Horseshoe area, securing building permits and minor variances and, and all that was necessary to build uh, buildings for the company. And then I decided that uh, I wanted something more, and it w- I was influenced by a man uh, who was uh, making a decision to come to Calgary, mm-hmm. and my uh, my boyfriend at the time, who later became my husband. So I was uh, ready for a new adventure, ready to move on, and ended up uh, moving with him to Calgary. So um, you graduate uh, urban planning, you work three years in uh, the industry, so the path was already clear for you that you are staying in that industry and you, you enjoy the industry? Or it was still open for kind of discussion whether you stay in real estate or find something else? I enjoyed working in real estate, but I felt that just having an urban planning degree was going to limit me in terms of where I could go in with the company, um, what uh, other roles I could take on within organizations. And my brother had an MBA, and I was uh, fortunate enough to work with a woman um, in the provincial government in Ontario, one of my summer jobs, who, uh, Pearl Grundlin was her name, and uh, who became one of many mentors in my life. And she uh, had uh, encouraged me to take my MBA as well. So there was a great opportunity for me to take advantage of that when I moved here to Calgary. So you move here and uh, you immediately go to school for the MBA or you found a job first? Well, miraculously, I found a job here because when I came here in 86, the uh, the world was ending um, <laughs> and uh, things were, were crashing down. It was not a very good economy here. But I did get a job for a year working as an urban planner. And uh, like many companies in that time, we were having cash flow problems. And so the owner... Um, laid us off for a year and or sorry not a year a month and I said "Mm, okay well that is not going to be a a great uh, career path being laid off for a month and not knowing what uh, my future held so I I thought it was a great opportunity for me to apply for my MBA and so I I did that and I got into the program. I see and uh, you Graduate from MBA with a MBA degree in 1989 if I remember right right. and uh, and then 
you had only your two kids or not yet? No, I uh, didn't have children or was not married at that point. And I actually was considering going into the oil and gas industry because things were starting to turn around in 89. And I thought, well, while in Rome, do, do, in the Rome, <laughs> do as the Romans. And I had worked for Petro Canada for a summer working in their futures department. And I thought, well, this is a contract that could get extended. Um, but I was... Um, looking in the paper one day and saw an ad for a marketing manager for a housing company. And I applied for the job and got the job. I see. Which company was it? It was called Coscan Homes that later became Heartland Homes. We we merged as a company with uh, Karma. I see. Um, and uh, so you worked for them for how long? For six years. Six years. And then you get laid off. Yes, then I got laid off. That was a very um, uh, pivotal moment in my career. It uh, was uh, very devastating, actually. I really hadn't had um, anything like that happen in my career, hadn't faced that sort of adversity. And at the time, people were talking about uh, when one door opens, another when one door closes, another door opens, and that truly was the case for myself. I uh, had the opportunity to go work with another mentor of mine, a man named Jim DeWald. Um, we have to take our first commercial break, uh, and um, make sure that you open a new uh, tab and check uh, hopewell.com. Uh, check the website of hopewell.com, go and check hopewellresidential.com, and we will be we will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back with our guest, Leslie Conway, and we just had an accident, <laughs> and uh, we are fixing here. My coffee just spilled all over the desk. Uh, however, we'll continue with the interview. <laughs> um, some things are fun when you do a uh, live show. So, Leslie, you joined, you said before we left for commercial that uh, Another window, one window was closing and another door just opened, and that door was Hopel. Hopel. So you joined Hopel in 1996. What was your position when you joined Hopel? I joined the company as uh, vice president of, uh, of marketing and uh, really looked after all of the uh, soft side of the business, so the sales, uh, market research, marketing, um, Public relations. I see. And um, did you uh, have any kind of uh, knowledge about Hopewell before you joined them? Did you work with them in your previous role as in, in the uh, residential kind of uh, construction and, and home uh, construction? At that time, Hopewell was a was a, a small company, small uh, land development and housing company, and they uh, contracted out uh, their some of their uh, services, so their their uh, marketing, their engineering services, and Jim Dewald uh, and myself were uh, providing services, marketing services, and engineering services to the company for about a year before the owner Sanders Lee. Uh, asked Jim and I to come and work for him full time to actually run the company and to execute on a strategic plan for growth. And then within four years, you became the president. That's right. That's, uh, I would say, a little bit fast promotion. Would you say that? (laughs) In hindsight? In hindsight, I would say no. Okay. But at the time, I would say absolutely yes. And okay, you have to explain that. I, I certainly will because <laughs> I was uh, had just turned 40 and I was working with, as I say, Jim DeWald, who was a fantastic mentor, a great teacher, uh, incredibly knowledgeable in the business. I was learning a tremendous amount from him. We were growing the team. Everything was going marvelously. And Jim decided that he wanted to move into another opportunity within Hopewell start up a new division and he is a very entrepreneurial thinking and uh, entrepreneurial focused and uh, so he came to me and he said Leslie you're up and I said what do you mean I'm up he goes you you're ready you can take on this role and at the time I really felt and, and I believe this is uh, something that, that women are plagued with is that we don't uh, believe in ourselves as much as uh, 
as men do. And so uh, that's why it is important, I think, in business that we have cheerleaders, both male and female, that do believe in us and believe that we can step up when necessary. And so Jim was that person for me. Um, one of my questions down the road, and I'll bump it uh, here, is, um, you know, this program is all about um, talking about entrepreneurs and, and making decisions and, and, you know, taking the, for a new entrepreneur, what do you have to do to be successful? So how important is it having mentors along the way, even if you are at the top of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the pyramid? Well, you've you've heard me mention them a couple of times in a very short period in, the, in 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 this interview, and I believe that I would not be where I am today without my mentors, and they have shaped who I am. They've uh, helped me with key decisions along the way, and I think mentors can be can be more than than just an individual. Uh, I've uh, had the uh, um, the privilege and and uh, interest in. Uh, uh, really uh, opportunity to be involved with an organization called Tech, which is a business group uh, of people that meet on a monthly basis and, again, uh, just have provided great direction for me over the years. So it, it's, uh, it's a fundamental piece to success and to being a successful entrepreneur. Um, you know the questions because I have a question about <laughs> tech as well. <laughs> um, well, we are in sync a lot, David. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so at that time, and I joined the industry at the same time, in 2000, right? Um, at that time, real estate was known to be a, boy, a, a very kind of old-school boys' club. So how did they accept a good-looking young blonde comes in and gets kind of to a position of power? How, how did they accept you? Or were there some hurdles along the way? You know... Hey, look me in the eyes. I know, I want no, to, I, I want I, to get the I want, I want to say this the right way. No, no politically correct on my no, show. No, this is absolutely no politically correct. Uh, they're absolutely 100% politically correct, I should say. Um, I, I have worked in an industry that has been amazingly accepting of, uh, of women and uh, capable women. And I must say, when the announcement went out about me uh, taking over the presidency, you would have thought that someone uh, had died in our office because I uh, got about a hundred bouquets of flowers, uh, and from uh, people all throughout the industry that uh, I had developed relationships with, and uh, uh, had uh, just expressing their uh, congratulations towards uh, the uh, my achievement. And so, it uh, I must say, is an industry that. As as any clubs, and I think industries are clubs, there is a language that gets spoken and and behaviors and norms. And I think for both men and women, you, you need to understand what those are. You need to understand the language. You need to know how to behave in a in an authentic way. But you need to be able to, I guess, play the game is the best way to put it. And I, at a young age, I think because I was a tomboy, because I really enjoyed sort of an aggressive way of attacking life. Assertive. That, assertive. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, that uh, that it, it uh, was natural for me. So, so it was, it, you didn't see it as a hurdle. It wasn't too tough as a woman to get to be part of the industry and to get part, be part of the leadership mm-hmm. of the industry. No, I, I did not find it difficult at all. And I I think, again, because of the um, 
support that I had from people internal to the organization and our ownership. Sanders Lee gave me the opportunity to prove myself and gave me the time to do that and the resources to do it, and I was able to do it. So going back to what Mr. DeWalt? Yes, Jim DeWalt. Jim DeWalt said, now looking back 17 years, were you ready? Yes. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you become the president of the company. And you said that uh, when Jim and you joined in 1996, it was a smaller company, uh, the Hopewell Residential. I don't know if the entire Hopewell organization, but we're just focusing now on Hopewell Residential communities. Um, and when you became the president, did you uh, did the company have a mission, vision, purpose that you guys prepared or you took it to another level and started that process? Is it an important process? Did you do it? It's a, criti- it's a critical process to success. I think in an organization, you need to have everyone singing off the same song sheet. So hence a, a vision that uh, directs the organization and that everyone and everyone in every role knows what part they're playing and how they're contributing to the success of the organization. So a vision that is a an out there uh, view of the future and where you want to be. The mission is how you get there, your por- purpose. And then critically important is uh, a set of uh, key values that holds uh, the glue that holds the organization together, along with a very solid culture. And I must say, in the early days, the one thing that I uh, I could say that I was criticized for was having a very touchy-feely um culture in the organization and uh, you know others other companies would joke about us sitting around holding hands singing kumbaya and uh, uh, joking I think it it was joking initially then organizations realized that we uh, we were doing uh, things right and we were achieving our successes and much of that uh, had to do with the people that we hired people that were that bought into the organization and bought into the culture. I see. Um, so the process of uh, getting a mission, vision, and purpose, can you share with us how did you do it? Like, was the mm-hmm. entire organization just management, uh, outside facilitator? Because you say it's a very fundamental part of any organization that wants to be successful. So how did you do it? The entire organization was involved. We would go away annually on a retreat out of the office, usually two or three days. And that time away would involve some team building, so we would have some fun. And we would also focus, and sometimes we did it with facilitators and other times not. But we would focus on where we were going and we would set the direction for three years our vision, and every, within that three-year time frame, we'd, vis- we'd visit it to see if there were any adjustments that needed to be made. Were we still on track from our with our mission? And then at the end of three years, we would recalibrate, and we would identify and look at our vision, uh, mission, and our values, and see how we needed to adjust. And uh, who was the champion for the mission vision? Was it you? Was it the entire team? Was it management? It, it was everyone. I mean, I was the leader. I was the one that set the direction that continued to bring that front and center in the organization all year long and uh, kept it alive as as we move through the operational piece, because often you do forget from a strategic perspective where you're going when you're when you're in the weeds. 
do you, do you contribute some of the awards that Hopewell Residential Communities won over the years and which are very, very significant awards on, on building new communities to that kind of, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, running or the same direction or every, everybody's pulling in the same direction based on the mission, visions uh, and, and, and purpose that you had as an organization? I do. I, I, uh, I put a lot of uh, emphasis on that. I think that we also encourage creativity and innovation. And I know that that's typical in organizations today. But back 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it wasn't as much of a focus. Certainly in our industry, the, the industry had been doing things the same way for a long period of time. And so... We, through our ownership and through the people working for the company, really push the barriers on uh, on that. Um, in one of the interviews, um, you mentioned that you've learned three things. Um, one of them was uh, the importance of teamwork. And we mentioned it at the beginning of our show. Um, when you say I've learned that teamwork is important, what do you kind of, how did you create a teamwork environment? I think for everyone recognizing that they had an equal voice on the team and and it wasn't just internal to our organization our industry requires a lot of consultants and contractors builders to execute on our vision. So we held in high respect and high regard all of those companies that we worked with and celebrated them we um spent time nurturing those relationships, looking for their feedback, and really holding them as a true partner. And I think that when you, as a leader, show that you are exercising collaborative and a, a collaborative approach to doing work and see teamwork as a, as a critical piece to success, then all of those around you uh, on the team are going to embrace that as well. I see. Um we kind of uh, have to go shortly on uh, another commercial break and uh, we'll probably use this opportunity to clean my spilled coffee <laughs> <laughs> and I promise to have the next one after the show is over. So, uh, But um, one last question before we go on commercial is the other thing that you mentioned that you've learned is to think strategically. Can mm-hmm. you elaborate about that a little mm-hmm. bit? I think a strategic thinking is fundamental uh, to business because it allows you to set a vision in motion. And uh, without, as I said earlier, without that vision, you you really cannot uh, achieve um, a, a common goal. And so thinking strategically allows you to go up to the sky, to look down, to really understand who your competitors are, where your strengths strengths and weaknesses are, what the opportunities that uh, exist in in the marketplace for you to take advantage of, where there are growth opportunities. When you are working hard, running hard, executing on achieving sales goals and other uh, specific achievements. You, you just you can't get to that place strategically. So taking the time to look at where the opportunities are in an organization is what is going to contribute to growth and success. 
Um, thanks for that. Uh, we reached our second commercial break. Uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll be back shortly after the commercials. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back uh, for the home stretch with uh, my guest, uh, Leslie Conway. Um, Leslie, before we went on commercial and we were able to clean the coffee spill, um, I mentioned that in one of the articles or the interviews I read about you, uh, you mentioned that you've learned three things, and we talked about two, and I purposely left the, the last one, and that is the emotional intelligence. Um, you talk about strategic planning, about teamwork, about mission, vision, and then you say gut feeling, gut feeling, and and, and that's for me an intuitive sense, right? Mm-hmm. For me, that's hey, that's exactly where I like to live. Mm-hmm. And when you say that your dad left school at, after grade seven and opened his business, I'm sure his mission vision wasn't high; it was gut and the what we call the emotional intelligence can you elaborate about as a someone who runs an organization that is in the millions or billions gut feeling that's unheard of in university well it's it today maybe today yeah that's right i think 
to be a successful leader and whether that's working in a corporate environment or an entrepreneur or really doing anything uh, in life uh, that you're leading, you need to uh, embrace and understand what emotional intelligence is. We all know what uh, IQ is. That's a level of intellect. Emotional intelligence uh, is is really um, the the key piece of it speaks to understanding sort of five different elements, self-awareness. So being self-aware, understanding your own moods, your own uh, disposition and understanding how those impact other people. Self-regulation would be a, a second one. So when you recognize that a trigger is happening for you as an example, and you're about to respond or react to that, being able to regulate yourself uh, in a in an environment. The third would be motivation. So a passion for work, other than just the, the money piece, uh, you need to be motivated. I think the biggest piece of emotional intelligence, maybe the, these last two are the biggest pieces, would be empathy, the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes, and uh, and understand what it is that they are going through. And then the um, the final piece are the social skills. So the ability to build relationships, to build networks. And these are all behavioral elements of being a leader that are, are, are critically important to managing a team of very diversified people and, uh, and working in an environment that uh, in today's world is competitive and challenging and, and difficult on days. So um, going back a few years, you're sitting with your uh, management team and there is a play on the table. There is a quarter section, a full section, and future development, and the numbers are okay, but they are not big, right? Mm-hmm. Where, if you look back, was there any decision you guys made based on the team's gut feeling that then turned out to be a huge success? Well, I think that uh, the decision with a community in Southeast Calgary called Mahogany, which is a community that has got a very unique design with the lake it's like a horseshoe design and we made a call to design the community that way uh, to create more real estate frontage on on the lake which there was a financial piece of that but there was also a a positive financial piece but there was also a cost associated with that and it meant that we were the largest uh, man-made lake in in Calgary and so there was definitely a risk associated with it from a cost perspective but our gut told us that Calgarians are starved for water, and it's an, an important piece of uh, amenities in our communities. And so we made the gut call on that, and it's a number one selling community and has been for several years in the city. And I was there two weeks ago barbecuing. Friends of us live on the lake. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, do you know how many women are there in Canada? According I don't. I do. Census, I do not know census. that. Uh, so answer. we, according to the last <laughs> census, we have over 36 million people living in Canada, mm-hmm. and 50.4 percent are women. And out of the 50.4 percent, which is just about 19 million or 18 plus change, 58 uh, percent are in the workforce. So over 10 million, and you were chosen four times to be one of the top 100 
women of power in Canada. How did you feel when, did you know, were you surprised? How did you feel? What, what was the reaction? Well, I felt honored to be in the group of women that uh, were selected uh, to be uh, to be in the top 100 most powerful women in Canada was was what uh, WXN uh, selects each year. And yes, I mean it, it was an as an overwhelming honor. And uh, I think um, again, I go back to you do not do any of these things on your own. The, the, my power, if that's the right word to use, comes from having a, a support of people, a fortress of people around me that uh, have supported me, encouraged me, mentored me over the years. And that is uh, a, uh, an exceptional way, I guess, to be recognized uh, from uh, by a, a group of peers. What was the reaction from surrounding friends, family, colleagues, uh, competitors? All I heard were congratulations. So that's uh, all I can uh, can go <laughs> off of is, is people being very uh, very happy for me and uh, acknowledging the uh, the acknowledgement. I yeah. see. Um, I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, and that is uh, uh, being part of uh, Tech, which is the executive committee, also known in the states and in other places as Vistage. Um, how many years were you a member of Tech? Eight years. Eight years. Mm -hmm. And what what value did it bring to you as a leader? It brought enormous value. I was able to go to my monthly meeting with the group. There were 14 of us and bring any issues that I had that I felt that I couldn't necessarily tackle with my senior management team. They were ones that were at a level that I really needed to like-minded people in similar positions, so entrepreneurs, presidents that had de dealt with similar challenges or were dealing with the, the, the exact same challenges. And so to be able to take the issue to them, to get their feedback, to get their direction, to get their encouragement. And uh, some often it was uh, double-checking my gut on where I thought things should go. And just an amazing organization. So there's the opportunity to what's called uh, issue process at tech, but we also in our meetings listen to speakers. And that was another incredibly valuable piece to the organization where it was the top notch, very professional, excellent speakers that came to, uh, to speak to the group. Did it also contribute to you or did you feel that it was also helpful on a personal level or just on a professional level? Very much so on a, on a personal level. Yeah, the, that opportunity was there for anyone who was having a challenge with a, a health issue with the family or a relationship issue or uh, anything that it was even on, on the personal side. They, they, this was a solid group of people that you were in the cone of silence. It was 100% confidential. You could share anything. And... Um, you know, for me, I've, I've had some challenges, some uh, uh, mental health challenges over my career, and I've pushed myself a little bit too hard and have uh, found myself in a place of, uh, with some depression, depression and anxiety. And it's it's this group and, and others that have helped me uh, maneuver through that and get the support and help that I've needed and, and to move outside of uh, right. some of those challenging times in my life. I see, and uh, and now that uh, you know you're retired and uh, 
relaxed. It seems that you are more relaxed. Uh, are you a member of tech or are you done? I have finished. Finished, with tech. I see. Yeah. Um, what keeps you busy these days? I am busy doing a You lot mentioned of earlier that you're very, very I busy. Am, you're, not, uh, you're not completely retired. So what That's keeps right. you busy these well, days? Well, so the volunteer work I, I am doing, um, you mentioned that I'm on the Stampede Board. And I've just started that uh, responsibility and I'm uh, enjoying every moment of it. I am also on the Calgary Health Trust Board. Action Vice Chair, along with two others on that board, and it uh, is an organization that does the fundraising for most of the hospitals' capital projects in in Calgary. And I'm involved with the university. Uh, my old mentor, Jim DeWalt, uh, is uh, the dean of the business school now, and so I'm on the management advisory committee with him and uh, several other committees and other work that I'm doing. So I'm really enjoying that as well. Being in semi-retirement gives me the opportunity to pursue my hobby, which is being active every day. I see. Uh, and travel. And travel. <laughs> and spend time with our beautiful children. Yeah. Yes. Um, how important is it for a business leader, an entrepreneur, a business owner to be involved in, in community um, uh, boards, events, charities, Mm-hmm. Well, I echo George Brookman's comments of last week that it oh, is. Oh, you listen to my show. I certainly so, do. So at least there's one. <laughs> at least there's one person who listens to it. <laughs> that it is a, a fundamental piece of, of who I am and the success that I've had in my life is being a, a member of our community, an active member of our community. In fact, that's where I met Scott, my uh, my life partner, is uh, through volunteer work. He and I served on the Winsport board together. And the number of people that I've, I've met... So it's better than Match.com? <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't... For me, yes, absolutely. Uh, and so I... Um, uh, it, it really has been a, uh, a great uh, a piece of, of my career and will, will be for, uh, for, for the rest of my life is, is my, uh, volunteer, my volunteer work and, and the, uh, the impact that I see that I'm making in the organizations that I'm involved with that I'm making in making the best city in the world even better. Do you do still the polar challenge? I am not doing that, but I've done that about six times, and uh, the, the six you, times can, it, it's just Can it's, you share with our silly. listeners what's the polar challenge? So in, in our communities, uh, Elbow Valley being one of them, we started uh, the annual polar dip, which is on June 1st, where we carved a, a hole in the ice in our man-made lake, and we jumped in as a fundraising, in this case it was for Stars Air Ambulance, and uh, jumped into freezing cold water. It's cold? It is very, very, very <laughs> cold, and the first time is fine seconds good sixth is just silly so uh, I've, I've retired from that, uh, that I fun. See. Uh, we have about five minutes uh, to the end of the show uh, it goes fast right yes, uh, it sure has gone fast. so I have a few questions kind of to summarize um, you know during life we all have when we look back we have we may have regrets or mistakes any mistakes along the journey or regrets that you can recommend someone else don't do this if they want to jump into a leadership ownership role, something that comes to mind that oh, I shouldn't have done that or someone should not do that. Well, I, I think what I had to learn when I first became the president at Hopewell was that I didn't have all the answers. And 
with that title, actually what comes with that title is, is asking a lot of questions and empowering your people, unlocking the potential in your people to go out and find the answers to, to questions. And so it took uh, probably a good year to almost two years for me to figure that out. <laughs> And uh, recognize that it, it really was uh, necessary to, um, to to admit when you didn't know what the right direction was or, or what the, the answer was. So ask questions and ask be questions. open to other people's advice Absolutely. and Be and vulnerable. Ideas. Say when you're wrong. Say you're sorry if you need to, if you've really uh, messed up quite badly. <laughs> <laughs> On a positive note positive experience that you recommend for people that want to kind of be in a leadership role? For me, I have relied on a lot of support over the years, various different courses that I've taken, starting with, uh, you know, reading uh, Wayne, um, uh, Stephen Covey's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That that was a game changer for me back in my, my 20s when I read that book. Uh, Wayne Dyer, of course, uh, fantastic. Dale Carnegie took the Dale Carnegie course when I was in my early 30s, and that was... Again, another game-changing moment for me. It was uh, it was a, a fantastic experience, and so I think that the more you can read, that you can be involved. With the as uh, um, Covey says, you know, sharpening the saw, always learning, always growing, not getting to a point where you feel as though you know everything. Um, two more questions, uh, and they are short. What is the one thing in your life that you're proud of? One. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. That's my children. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that I have room for another one. <laughs> uh, what did you learn about yourself through this journey? Wow. I, I, I mean, many things uh, that I've, I've learned about myself. I, I guess that I've, as um, someone who really didn't grow up, with, it, with means and came from a, a very uh, sort of challenging home circumstance that uh, it's it's easy to get mired in uh, seeing how you can't get things done but being positive and focusing on how to get things done and not using a circumstance to blame for why you can't achieve things in life. Really, the, the adage of you really are capable of achieving anything that you want in life, I would say that uh, I am living proof of that. <laughs> uh, I have a question that I told you I've already asked one person. And that one person, you heard. that's the one that you kind of heard, George Berkman. And I'm going to ask you the same question. So, did you consider running for mayor of Calgary? <laughs> I have not. And can I put not. your name into the hat? I, uh, in many ways, would really love to play a role in directing the future of our city because I am passionate about where we live and what the opportunities are. Where I am in my life, I uh, sadly just can't see myself uh, creating the time to uh, to do that. It's our loss. <laughs> uh, we reached the end of our today's episode, Taking Care of Business. I want to thank my guest, Leslie Conway, uh, sharing her uh, with us her journey to success. Uh, as always, thank you, Erin, uh, our engineer, and Cassandra, our production assistant, and the entire Voice America host services, host, host services team. 
follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I would like to hear your feedback. My email is dvwallock at gmail.com. Uh, thank you all for joining, and I'll meet you here at voiceamerica.com slash variety next Tuesday, August 8th, with a new guest, 8 a.m. Mountain, 7 a.m. Pacific, your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it. 